You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. It is another edition. It is a game week edition of the unofficial 40 podcast. And uh, for the first time in six months... It's been six months. Has it really? Eddie Radosovich is back in studio. The I got lost warrior. on the way down here. <laughs> I had no idea which way to turn. It took you six months to get back here uh, in studio. Six uh, months and a COVID test later. Bob has a breastfeeding later, so uh, he is not here. Um, but he is here. Welcome in. I am here. Don't worry. Uh, he seems very and excited. Joshua's here as well. And uh, Josh, what's your middle name? Lee. Joshua Lee. Oh, like after Robert E. Lee. Huh. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for You're Eddie canceled. to... Yes. Um, uh, speaking of, listening, listening to a Civil War book recently, and... I was listening to it in my rental car that oh, I'd gone God. up to Oklahoma in. You're, the you're guy, like the Geico commercial, where the guy's like, who reads books about submarines? My dad. That's me. No, dude, I love... I like, and I read a lot of different stuff, Like I, but it's just... I like history books, too, and... The guy checking me out, what I mean, he was a black guy, and I was like, "Do I feel awkward about this? Like, cause it's not like it's just a history of the I'm Civil not, War. Dude, it's I'm not, not like pro. Bad. I'm not pro Civil War. All right. <laughs> you yeah, told me. It just, it, I was like, is this I'm, weird? I don't. You, I don't know what to do with this. You told me you told him taking notes, and then you winked at him. <laughs> <laughs> now, was this internal dialogue, or did you actually have a discussion with the checkout guy? No, no. I, I, it was, it was so brief. I really hoped he didn't like connect it because I mean, it was the middle of the book. It wasn't like. You know, there wasn't anything overtly obvious, but like it was it's it's written in a dialect that is pro Confederacy. Um, not that it's just, it sounds very old. It sounds like someone wrote this in the, you know, in the eighteen hundreds and it's it's got a lot of quotes, it's it's speaking from people of that time. So I'm like, man, does this like I I don't know. It was just it was an awkward feeling and I was like, I don't know how to handle this. And I Frankly, I haven't talked to anybody about it, even Tiffany, and now I'm I'm letting it all out here in public. That's so, what happens that. on the unofficial forty. Do you yeah. uh, do you do you read it in like the tone of what you would read, like the and- General Andrew Luck <laughs> tweets? It was a, or Colonel Andrew Luck. What were those? Or is it more? What was the uh, who's the the uh, Hanna Bar? Not Hanna Barbera. The uh, Looney Tunes uh, uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Do you read it like that? Uh yeah, I do always feel like there should be like taps being played in the background. I don't know why. Like it just feels like that's only natural. But um, but no. Other than that, I mean, it's like I said. It, I mean, it's a book on tape, and so like the it's good production quality. It's a Jeff Shara book. I um, I don't know what that means, and I don't care. Um, okay. Uh, I I mean, I knew that you were a little bit of a Civil War buff, but that was before 
social justice started happening. So now I think you're canceled. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it's possible that I am just due to association and plenty of books in my, um, in my list. I can't, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm sure your daughters can't wait for the embarrassment of your civil war reenactment career. Oh yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, yes, we, you will fair, be canceled if you start participating in those. <laughs> I mean, I'm in Texas. I will gladly wear the blue. So I, I'm in the, I'm in the minority on that regard. So, um, I had a, uh, I had a history teacher in high school that would do that stuff like on the weekends, like go and actively participate in yeah, the, no. uh, Civil you gotta War have like reenactments a, and stuff. Then you got to like live your life with like an Amish beard and stuff. My, oh, he was my all brother-in-law about. has done them. I just, I guess my thing is, is like if you get killed in the first hour, do you just have to lay there until it's all over? I always wonder about that too, Eddie. Like, what's the protocol on that? Um, Can you eat a sandwich while you're dead. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, it's like the uh, Always Sunny when they're like zombies or whatever, and they keep like messing up the recording of the. Uh, the film or whatever, because I think it's one of them just keeps like doing their own thing, like going rogue. Basically, right, take well, him to the tent. We got to cut off his leg. Yeah. Well, like, I just always want to know, like, how do they decide who gets to be Robert E. Lee or Ulysses S. Grant, and who gets to be Soldier Number Three in Brigade Four? Like, I mean, like it's oh, that, like it, the generals. They travel. They travel with the group. They oh, always man, yeah. like they get it's like all time quarterback. You get to all time be Robert E. Lee. They're probably the ones who arranged for their uh, idiot brother in laws to do the pyrotechnics. So like you know they make it so much cooler, so they get to be the generals. I mean it's okay. got to be it's got to be like the movie role models. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. You have a hierarchy of guys you have to kiss the ring and stuff. No, I definitely think that there's some element of that. It's LARPing. It's LARPing I, for I Civil say, War. What were they doing? They were doing models, Dungeons and da- Dragons or something? Well, they were just like, you know, live-action role-playing, LARPing, yeah. which is, is that just... what that's called? Yeah. Uh, it's just olden times. I don't know when, so but the period... It, I mean, I, I guess England, like, you know, when... I would imagine the in the Venn diagram, the people that are doing that kind of stuff are probably in the crowd that has stopped watching sports as well. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I don't know that they ever stopped, took it started. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the, true. The, the, there's a there's a line. That's true. Uh, now I will say to her credit, the little the girl that is, um, oh, what's his name from? Um, it's the young guy. His his little love interest girl. That's the elf, and she ends up becoming the the king. Oh, or she queen. kills Spoiler him at the alert. end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spoiler. I don't think she would be nearly as attractive as a non kind of larping kind of girl. And she was as that girl. Like, she fit that role yeah, really well. Yeah, she's a little she, kind of a pixie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. By the way, I'm giving Josh shit, and Eddie can look over and see just G.I. Joe's scattered all throughout my living room right now. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> he told me not to touch him because it's halftime. <laughs> Cobra has, has, has got an advantage right now that's over after, the Joe's. That's after three. They're on the offensive. I just yeah. want you to know, like, all those little figurines, they're worth hundreds of dollars. So suck it. That's crazy. Because um, there are idiots out there who will buy buy my, buy my back their childhood that can afford it now. Fair enough. All right. So uh, talk about uh, live-action role-playing. We had a depth chart released yesterday. <laughs> that is That is exactly <laughs> what that is. <laughs> I don't know how much fantasy it really is. Um or how many of those people you will actually see on the football field because of COVID on Saturday? I should probably bring it up, but Bob, let's start with you because uh, we've kind of dominated this thing. Just give us your initial thoughts on on the depth chart release yesterday. 
not let's let's try not to be too negative. I told Eddie that I don't want to be you know shit on everything guy. Uh, so I don't I don't want you to be like well this guy's not gonna play this guy. But what was your main takeaway? Main takeaway was as much as you saw the word or uh, I think it was like Nine twelve. Times. Or- Nine 12 times. or 13 different times, whatever it was, there was no or at left tackle, and it's Anton Harrison. That did not see Which coming, means really. Adrian Ely is going to be your starting left tackle tomorrow, or Saturday. <laughs> see, I'm shitting on it already. You are. But I see, mean, I thought about like... this, like, okay, so, and, and this is not, I mean, these are old Kevin Wilson days, but... Like, that used to kind of be a thing. Like, the right tackle would eventually move over to the left tackle. He'd always say, I don't really want to do it. You know, it's it's a different thing. And the coaches would always talk about, oh, it's it's very difficult. You know, it's your first step. It's like being left and right-handed. But, like, Trent Williams was a right tackle forever. He became a left tackle. He didn't want to do it. And now he's, you know, become one of the highest-paid left tackles in the league. And, you know, over the last five years, one of the best in the league. So, like... To me, it just makes sense. Like Adrian Ely, he's been working there, and I don't think it was just because of cross training. Um, so I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being the left tackle this season. But if if it's Harrison, he's only worked at left tackle. When you heard Riley and Beatenbow be clear about that with freshmen, they're not moving them around. They're in one spot. If Harrison at left tackle is greater than Ely at left tackle, then you keep Ely at right and you leave Harrison at left. I feel, like, I feel like the depth chart thing, too, is kind of almost a, I don't know if reward would be the right word, but it's almost like a, you've done so well in preseason, this is kind of like a, a hat tip towards you. This is a nod. Like, yeah. you have earned this position. I don't, I'm not saying that it's going to happen like that, but you've earned the position, you're going to get the nod over somebody else. Like, well, do I think or, that Obi Obialo is a better player than Trajan Bridges? No, probably not. Well, well, I mean, they have Bridges listed in a different position. Oh, no, they're all ors in the X position. It's Theo right, Weiss exactly. or so, Theo Howard or Trajan Bridges, so they're all co-starters. That's where I thought Trajan would be with there. Obi, but now he's not. Now it's Obi and Drake. Is Shoot. this is this the ACC, Eddie? Everybody's in? Oh, I'm sure. I wasn't they probably want to take down scoreboards this, this morning. You talk about it's a reward. You remember when Grant Bothan was listed ahead of Micaiah uh, uh, Quick? You're the only that person the, that remembers the, that. The other side of it, where it's like, you need to shape up or you're going to be out of here. I love me some Grant Botham, but uh, I have erased that portion of OU football from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, you know, I mean, you look at the at the H-back position. It's Austin Stogner or Braden Willis or Jeremiah Hall. There's no starter. So I guess that's Shane Beamer make. That's, damn decision. That, but that's really the only position that you could make a legitimate case for any three of those guys, right? Yeah, because, I mean, they've uh, they've all made plays, and I think we all know that Austin Stogner is just a physical freak, and he can be a mismatch for everybody. I mean, that's the thing about this whole thing is you can talk about all these receivers all you want, but we've been talking about this the whole preseason. Like, their biggest weapons are at the H-back position, the biggest mismatches that they sure. have. No doubt about that. I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm legitimately excited when talking about the offense outside of Spencer Rattler and what you're going to get from uh, the quarterback position. I'm legitimately excited yeah, to see how they use those guys because I think that 
I mean, they're not going to have all three on the field at the same time, obviously. Maybe they will in some kind of goal line package. But it would make me think that you're going to see a lot of production out of that room. There's there's no doubt about that. But, you know, going back to the Anton Harrison thing, I think that, if anything, and Josh has said it a couple times as far as both of those guys when it comes to Anton Harrison and Andrew Rame, I mean, those are guys that have been talked not just by coaches – but by some of their teammates as well. They've they've left an impression on a lot of people. Well, and here's the thing too. Bill Biedenbow loves to experiment. Like Sure. He loves to try and find the best combination. If if Anton Harrison is available this weekend, which we don't know, you know, who's in quarantine, who is not. If we're going off the depth chart over under let's go four players off the starting lineup of off the depth chart that, that don't are, play this weekend because of covid yeah or do, contact what, what would you say over or under don't, don't get play me, or don't start uh let's go don't play because of because of contact tracing yeah or this is purely covid not ronnie perkins situation. not suspensions no. <laughs> we'll, we'll get take, we'll get to their uh their appeal wink wink in oh, a second okay. <laughs> i'll take under i i think it's close but i i i don't know I wonder if there will be a few guys that aren't quite ready. Like they're not, you know, they've had to spend a week out, and so they're not where they need to be as far as, you know, within the assignments, all that sort of stuff. But I, it's hard to imagine that many guys. But it's not, I mean, it's not impossible. It's just the crazy thing we're living with. The contact tracing thing is maddening, knowing that there's a player who, you know, I, there's a lot of rumor that it is Trey Norwood that yeah. missed 28 days of practice but never tested positive. Like, because of contact that is, tracing. That's insane to me. Absolutely it insane. It really does show you. I mean, like, and I asked Lincoln about this earlier. Um, when it first happened, when the FDA first approved the uh, saliva test deals, like, did he think that that could be a breakthrough? And then you saw the Pac-12, even though they're not playing football. Go ahead and call them a name, Eddie. I know that you want to. Who? Pac-12. I mean, they don't even register on my radar. If you want to talk about the pussies from the Big Ten, okay, you can talk so about them. I know you wanted to call somebody that. Um, but, I mean, they signed a deal to do daily testing, and that was the big hang-up with their medical experts, is they said, if you want to play, you need to have daily testing. Like, but didn't Pat 40 right? Like, that had been, like, the everybody wanted to make a big deal about the Pac-12. Everybody else is doing already it. doing it. Yeah, but OU is not doing it. I mean, sure. and if it's if it's readily available and you can do that and it can keep people from like Trey Norwood from having to spend 28 days in quarantine. I just it, it blows without my ever mind. getting it. Why aren't you doing that? Like how detrimental is that to his development as far as a guy that didn't really get to go through a spring it's trying to come back, trying to come back from an injury like that's terrible. I, guess I mean, he just really roll with the punches, though, from what we've seen, I, I I'll. Also, apologize possibly to Buki for basically asking him the other day why he isn't any good. Uh, but are you telling you, me you left it out? You're, it was basically why have you sucked so bad to date? <laughs> we're not we're not shutting the book on you I yet. I didn't say that, but I said you know everybody's bragged about you since you started practicing. You know what's prevented you from kind of taking that next step? In, in the games, and he didn't really understand the question. And I kind of had to say, well, you're not as good as people said that you were going to be. Yeah, you're a five-star. Like, uh, I mean, there's there's something not there yet. But, I mean, I would think if Trey Norwood had been completely healthy, like, he would he would be the nickel. I don't know if Buki would even be a starter. 
Yeah, that's why it's interesting that Trey is listed as yeah. the backup yeah. at corner. It's almost as if, I don't say they're scared to make Buki mad or something, but Trey Norwood was going against Buki all through last year, and now he comes back, and now, it's, okay, he needs to go back to, to corner. He needs to, he needs to be making Jaden Davis get a lot better instead of trying to keep on pushing Buki. And here's the thing. Buki has taken his medicine for the LSU thing. Like, hey, I, I mean, the thing is, though, he's he's had mistakes before that and he still did that. So is like that just who he is, that he he's a knucklehead at times and he can't control uh, some of those things. He gives a good he, he gives a great interview. I mean, he stood, he stood there and answered all the questions yesterday about why he was a dumbass on the Peach Bowl. Yeah. He basically admitted that. But. You got to stop being a dumbass, one, and you got to be better than you've been. Yeah, if you're a starter, no doubt. And you got to stay healthy, which you hadn't been able to do a lot of times. It seemed like he was maybe turning a corner there, and I can't remember. Was it the what game did he get the concussion last year? Was that two years ago? Two years ago. That was K-State. two years ago. Okay, because he tried to destroy a guy, and he's tiny. Yeah, he needs to stop trying to kill people. I'm fairly interested to see how that defensive back rotation goes, though. I mean, it seems like they have a bunch of bodies. If I know anything about Saturday, it seems like if you wear a uniform for Oklahoma, you're going to have an opportunity to play. You know Alex Grinch is just... Especially on the defensive side Dying to play somebody at safety besides Pat Fields and DTY. Yeah, it just depends on how how well they come along. You know, everybody's going to hear you say that and be like, yeah, he, he wa- he's in the same place we are. He wants somebody else. No, he just like to play some other bodies, like literally have anyone else who is capable of playing safety. He doesn't. He Look, he, he wants to. I, he thinks that Pat Fields and DeLarian Turner-Yale are really good players, but he doesn't want them to play 80 plays a game like they were. Like, you go back and look at the play charts last year. If we, if we went back to Pro Football Focus, like, those two guys – were always had the most snaps out of anybody on defense because they didn't have backups. Yeah, and you saw in the Peach Bowl why they didn't have backups because it was awful. I mean, so they need Woody Washington, they need Bryson Washington, they need guys to step up and and be able to let those guys come off the field every once in a while. There yeah, are you some still people that really are, haven't oh, heard any of those names. Alex Grinch brought up Bryson Washington unprovoked this week, which I thought was interesting. I, I He was one of those guys, I think he was highly ranked, and there was, you know, the way it went down, and everybody knows the story now with, you know, him telling OU when they were at that Rangers game in Dallas, and it was such a big deal, and the whole staff kind of responded in, in right, one yeah, I remember time. That. Everyone got so excited don't get me wrong. I mean, I had a chance to see Bryson Washington three or four times over the last few years. I've, I've watched him a lot. He's a good player. But there was this impression that he was, you know, I, I don't know, the Spencer Rattler of safeties or the, you know, the Jaden Hazelwood. Uh, you know, I he's a good player. The idea that he was just going to come in and fix one of the safety positions, I, I never saw that. He was – he needed time. I and mean, He played at a program that was – not very good. I mean, there there wasn't a lot of high level coaching. He still had a lot to learn, a lot to figure out, and so this idea that he was just going to land and get it, I, I never understood that. I'm fairly interested to see, like, where is Woody Washington? What's his story right now? Well, here's all. I mean, look, here's something that's 
you tell me if you think this is something or not. So Woody Washington is Delarian Turner yells backup at strong safety. And there's no oars. It's he's Turner yells one, Washington's two. But there's two spots on the roster where Justin Broyles is listed. Free safety and nickelback. Uh and in both of those, he's an or with somebody else, like Justin Broyles or Bryson Washington, then Jeremiah Cradell or Justin Broyles. Like, does that kind of tell you something about both Jeremiah Cradell and uh, Bryson Washington? I mean, I know it kind of comes across terrible, but I'd rather see either of them before Justin Broyles. And this is just a strictly football mentality thinking to me talking to players like it seems like joshua eaton is the guy the new guy that's impressed people the most i, th- I think that's fair that was yeah. that was the name that trey brown brought up wasn't it bob yeah because even though graham has been there longer and he looked good when eaton came in like oh this this is really good for someone who hasn't been around all winter and spring so yeah i you just you just really haven't felt any hype around any of the new guys in the secondary, but we did, it's not like we heard a lot about Jaden Davis either. I mean, he's a starter. Sure. I don't know. I just, I've looked, I've, I've reviewed the depth chart, and it's just like I can't put a whole lot of stock into it. I don't think that. Is it weird that when you look at the depth chart, like you survey everything, and the one takeaway you get is, man, they really are going to be hurt by not having those three players suspended. Yeah, I mean, that's like the- Ronnie Perkins, Trajan Bridges, and Ramondre Stevenson are clearly three of the best players on this roster. Ronnie Perkins, especially Stevenson and Perkins. Yes, those both of those guys are legitimate. If it's a conference game, without those two guys, things don't go your way. You could lose the game because they're not playing, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Ronnie Perkins is that important to the defensive line. Now, maybe Isaiah Thomas. It sounds like he's had a really good camp. I'm kind of excited to see how he plays. But you just don't really know what you're going to get out of him. And, you know, they can say as much as they want about Perrion Winfrey. Alex Grinch said it as much yesterday. It doesn't really matter until the lights come on Saturday night. He kind of says that about everybody, too, which I like. Yeah. I think his is a little bit more, though, just because we know that Perrion Winfrey is – Kind of when you say as advertised, I think you know that number one defensive JUCO or defensive tackle in JUCO. I mean, you better deliver. And going back to that wake up call, was it a little jarring to see Jordan Kelly at third with Corey already passing him up? Mm, I just think I, that I thought Jordan Kelly would be pushing Perry on instead of Corey already passing Jordan Kelly up. I think Corey like, Robertson is kind of a, in a way, he's like a big unknown. I say that, I love I say He this, has a I huge think, body, though. I don't think it's as much a knock on Jordan Kelly as it is praise for Corey Robertson. That's fair. Robertson. And that could be one of those things that, again, you kind of reward a guy through a depth chart release like that. Like, you've had a badass preseason. We're going to put you ahead of somebody else. I mean, remember we saw uh, Zach McKinney working out next to Jordan Kelly on one of Wiley's mm-hmm. videos, and we were like, McKinney looks like the stud. Yeah, here. no doubt. And he is let me check, nowhere to be found. <laughs> Eddie, have you finally sold all of your stock in McKinney? Oh, yeah, it's gone. 
it's gone, and I've doubled down on Trey Brown and Nick Benito. There's 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 two people that are going to make the line what it is until Perkins come back. You mentioned Isaiah Thomas. The other's LeBron Stokes. Yeah, he's got to be big early and often for them. What can you realistically expect from a guy like a Joshua Ellison? To get better as he goes along. Just don't go in there and f*** up and give up a 80-yard run. Yeah, but I think we've seen enough of Alex Grinch's defense to know it's not one person that gives up an 80-yard run because they sure. they fly to the football sure. when things are going well. You guys surprised you didn't hear Marcus Strip, uh, uh, Stripling mentioned nearly as much as thought I would during this camp. Mm, maybe he was the 28-day guy. I know there's been some rumors out there that he might be a uh, COVID brother of mine. But, I, I mean, yeah, there's, yes, I yeah. mean, to, 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 to put it simply, more simply, yes, I, I am a little bit surprised. Because I, I know, Josh, you're pretty high on Stripling, aren't you? Well, you know, I, I just know last year at this time, there were guys talking about him like, I wouldn't say quite like the stuff you hear about Perry on Winfrey right now, but it's comparable. Like, there was, he's got NFL talent. He is that kind of guy. And I thought when Ronnie went down Stripling, it's going to be him, it's going to be his time, and he's going to be okay. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he was going to be as good as Ronnie, but I thought he could fill that role and they'd be okay. I, I will um, say Isaiah Thomas has an or with Marcus Stripling yeah. next to him. Yep. Um, but I, I am with Bob, uh, you know, just to go back a little bit, on the Jordan Kelly thing, I was here, like the first few weeks of camp, people were really talking up Jordan Kelly. I heard a lot of good stuff about him and how he was really coming along and really looked good coming off that injury. And, you know, now – the, like I said a second ago, the stuff you heard about Perry on Winfrey felt like, okay, he may be too good for anybody to hold off. But if anybody was pushing Winfrey, I thought it was going to be him. I didn't really hear Roberson's name a lot, though I know he's a guy OU loved as a recruit. They thought he was really undervalued and kind of underappreciated. Linebackers, thoughts? Brian Asamoa until David Aguebu gets settled in that spot and then takes over. Let me ask you this, though. If, if, if you need an edge rusher, I mean, we don't know what he looks like as a middle linebacker, but with Jalen Redmond opting out, by the way, he's been removed from the online roster and not on the depth chart, um, even though Lincoln Riley will not confirm. Um, <laughs> I mean... Wouldn't you think like the progress he was making there, like maybe he should maybe you should move him back? See, they got Benito, John Michael Terry, Joseph Wete. That's not a spot where they're hurting. Where they are hurting at middle linebacker. They've got to find him. But I think he might be better than both John Michael Terry and Joseph Wete combined. I think he can be better than Benito, as crazy as that is. I mean, I know Benito, everybody's got the buzz, and I'm I'm anxious to see him too, but Aguebu's one of those talents that's unique. I mean, you just don't see a lot of guys like him. I mean, I guess you could, if, if he does come along, and let's say he's capable of starting at middle linebacker, then you move Deshaun White back to Will. He could make that move overnight. Wouldn't be a be a problem for him. Mm-hmm. There's yep. been, a, been considerable amount of buzz about Brendan Walker. And, you know, Josh, you saw him right before he reported to camp, uh, or, I mean, to Norman for, for workouts in July. He's definitely changed his body. When you look at 6'2", 251, that checks out. Yeah, 
that and I've I've heard good things. I mean, I, they seem, from what I've gathered, pretty pleased with him. I mean, he's listed as an or with Wete, who's obviously a year ahead of him. Um, but Brennan, you know, and honestly, we all kind of assumed he was going to play Mike or Will just based on the numbers. We thought, well, there's got to be another one with Shane Witter, but. I thought Rush was his best position. I thought that made the most sense. He's twitchy. He likes to get upfield. Like I, I thought there was a lot there that could work for him. And so I, I, I really like to see him there. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, again, it's it's pretty – you know, we talk about H-back. I think Rush is one of those positions also that's kind of sneakily really good, and I don't think a lot of people recognize it yet. I mean, John Michael Terry, when he was healthy, he, he looked like a different person than what we'd seen i'll say Mm -hmm. that yep yep and you know we can always talk in reverse i mean you know if for some reason you know whether it's COVID or injuries or whatever you wouldn't think it's a big deal for david aguebu to make that move back if he needed to i mean if if that's what they felt like was the best option and you go with white and asamoa as your starters you know on the inside so they've got some flexibility that they're starting to create in that linebacker group josh is paying the 50 bucks for pay-per-view just so he can watch Shane Witter. He's going to be pissed off if Witter doesn't play. Uh, See, yeah, I'm not a believer in Witter and Walker yet. I'm not. I think it's just trying to be nice to freshmen. I don't know if they're really a factor yet. I'm out. I'm out of here. I I, I can't even speak to Bob in this setting. Well, our first fight has started today. <laughs> he declared war. He fired the first shot. When it wasn't me. After winter, that's like going after Carson Meyer, man. Exactly, exactly, Bob. And who was all here to support you while Carson Meyer tried to make an NFL team? We all were. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, this kind of um, it flew under the radar a little bit. Punt returner Marvin Mims, which, by the way, a lot of buzz about him. Guys, I guess, can even Bruce remember, Feldman mentioned him today. Can anybody really? remember the last time OU had a true freshman punt returner? That's a. If they did, then Bob would only let him put punt safe on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, Anto- yeah. I think Antoine Savage might have been Maybe. way back when. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. Um, I mean, did Antonio Perkins return punts as a freshman? He redshirted. Okay. I mean, Mar- Marvin Mims, I-, I guess it shouldn't be too surprising. He's a national record holder as a wide receiver. Now, the oh, punt yeah. return thing, obviously, a little, little different. But, I, you know, Josh, I tried to go back and look last night if we had any video of him returning punts. I'd say for the most part, everybody probably just punted away from the kid. Yeah, I want to say... He had one. He had one, and it wasn't... It was like a 25-yard, 35-yard return, and he basically was jogging... Uh, circles around kids. Yeah, yeah, that that might have been uh, the the early playoff game against. I believe it was was it Waco High. Yeah, it was because he was. In, yeah. You guys were in Waco when you interviewed yeah. him. Yeah, it was something like that. So, oh no, 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 it was College Station. That's who it, it was in Waco. They were playing College Station High. That's right. Um, but yeah, you know, you're not going to find a guy on the team that has better hands than Marvin Mims. There may be some that are as good. But, I mean, and when you come down to it, it's it's just what Kerry was just talking about. Will he take care of the ball? That's got to be the first thing. And Marvin Mims, I'll, if, if he puts one on the ground, I'd be pretty surprised. Is it crazy to say that 
OU has maybe one of the better kicking units in the country. I know that nobody, like, I guess you just kind of take Gabe Burkich for granted, but he's never missed a kick. If you, I think you had to have like 25 or 50 punts to qualify for punting statistics, but uh, Munchau would have been right up there as far as one of the better punters in the country last year. I guess it's not something that is important until it is important, and we're talking about Burkich missing a 34-yarder that gets him beat by Kansas State or something. I just thought that that Seibert was such an underrated punt, punter. Yeah. I mean, he, he was great at coffin corner and stuff. So I think it's kind of like when you they have... They just don't punt very often. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Very yeah. much. That's that's a huge problem. But uh, well, I, liked him I guess it's a great problem to have. Kicker. You like Cybert that better than yeah, a punter? Yeah, I thought he was an outstanding punter. But especially early in his career. Confused me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yep. he's been a better pro than he was in college. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's all he does, and he doesn't kick, you know, he doesn't sure. have to do kickoff and all that crap. Um, I, I, It's good to see that Spencer Jones's TikTok didn't cost him the holder job. He's coming after the hoodie. <laughs> he's coming after Connor McGinnis's hoodie job. I think he's 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 more like I think it'd be cool if Spencer Jones made a TikTok while holding. <laughs> I think he's more going for like daily show correspondent than he is for the Hodie. That'd be fine with me. All right. So um yeah, I mean that's pretty much your depth chart breakdown. The only question now becomes will we have a game Saturday? Uh will the will COVID we have a, testing will there be a game? Will Ronnie Perkins Ramondre Stevenson and Trajan Bridges get their appeal today. Okay, so let's get into this. There is no appeal. There's never been an appeal. All right, we're done. The the best way to explain this is how I explained it on the board last night. This would basically be a pardon more than an appeal one. Like, what Lincoln Riley is hoping for is that the NCAA says, look, we're in a pandemic. You know, we've got all this COVID stuff. Uh, everyone's eligible this year. They're not going to lose eligibility. Getting tested, you know, testing positive for marijuana in our rule is, as he, as he, he used his own term, was archaic. Yeah. So he has been hoping this whole time that basically these players are going to get a pardon and the NCAA is going to say, okay, we just... That suspension has been lifted. It's not an appeals process. There, there was never anything to appeal. They tested positive for weed. There's, there's, there's nothing you can appeal there. Run it again. <laughs> Retest it. <laughs> what? That would be more logical than an appeals process. I mean, so that's what they're... But, I mean, this whole thing... I know Jason Kersey, I don't know if he's reporting this, but I, we both talked about it, but... Uh, I know he had confirmed. He put it out and then even doubled down on the double down. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, he had confirmed that there was no, nothing about this pardon that was expected today from administration. So I think it, it almost seemed like it was one of those the folks at that, OU were surprised that there was even a report out because there is no... There is no report. I'm not saying that somebody's lying. It's just there's no appeals process that's like, coming what, to a conclusion. What are you talking about? Is yeah. more more so of what's coming out of OU? It seems like. And, and look, somebody said, "Well, how are these stories out there?" And 
I'll tell you why they're out there is because people want it to be true. They know that two of their best players are going to be missing games because of weed, which is almost ridiculous in this day and age. Yeah. It's just I I think that in a, to the same point, though, doesn't this kind of come back on OU for never... The secrecy of it all? Yes, yeah. like never uh, talking about it, never even acknowledging it. I don't even think... Has Riley even said the word suspended? Well, here's the thing that you're getting into is... Lincoln can say anything you want, but just like with the Jaden Hazelwood thing, he confirmed, like, yes, he's got a lower leg injury, but he's cryptic about it. Yeah. And even though we confirmed it... I think cryptic is probably the best way to put it. And even though we confirm it and put it out there, the fact that, you know, people see all these kids on social media, it's like they convince themselves that that's not right or that you were wrong. In what you reported, and then, I like going down that road. I like. I would love to be here telling you, like, yeah, Ronnie Perkins is going to play Saturday. Just not going to happen, though. So it's it's it just becomes this thing where, in this day and age, if people say something enough, they think it must be true. Okay, here's here's how you phrase it: the three guys that were previously out. <laughs> Lincoln, yeah. Come on, man. And Ryan Aber asked the question that had to be asked. If there was an update. And he even included Jalen Redmond. And he said, well, I'm going to stick to what we said the other day. And he didn't even mention about Kennedy Brooks. He just said, I'm going to stick to what we said the other day about those guys. So, I mean, that essentially did kind of confirm it. Sure. But at the same time, just why? Why is this necessary? Why won't you guys just fanboy out a little bit? Just, just, Just do it. You know, just go with it. I would love for it to be true. It's just not, though. Well, and the thing is, okay, you know, and, and Kersey, I was reading what Kersey had said, and he said something about there being a sliver of hope for a lessening of one game. Okay, like, that's great. They're still not going to be available for at Iowa State or Texas. Yeah. They're going to be there for at TCU. That's the best-case scenario. Like, I, I, although I get the Texas that fans. Although the Texas fans are already trying to set it up where OU is going to fake uh, COVID uh, cases in order to push that game back until those guys. Ooh, can I hadn't heard that one. Why nice. wouldn't? I mean, there's all this evidence to say OU should be terrified of That's Texas. A good idea. Then. Actually, it's not for, for them. It's their rationale is that OU is going to fake the game so Spencer Rattler can get more experience and be a better quarterback by the time they play. That's a great idea. Well, they should do that. I got a uh, I got a non conspiracy for you, Texas. You're the third best team in the conference because Oklahoma State's a lot better than you two. Maybe, maybe. Oh, you're saying maybe Iowa State knocks them maybe down? Maybe the th- yeah, like I. I <laughs> Texas had trouble with big plays last year. They were like, I looked it up earlier today. They're like 50th in the country of 20 plus yards per play or 20 yard plays, and like 73rd and 30 plus, like. Then you lose Colin Johnson and Devin Duvernay. Clearly, your two best big play options. What Duvernay was so good too. Yeah, that guy moved the chains for them over and over again. And now Sam Ellinger with a bunch of receivers that don't have those guys' ability did is going Eagles, to suddenly become did a big play quarterback. Come back to the team or not? Yes, yes, he got he's back up. with the team, but he's not even listed as a starter. The Michigan transfer. Yeah, Tariq the Black. Tariq Black, I think. Yeah. Yep. Texas might be the only team in the history of college football that fired their entire staff the year before 
and didn't have a spring. Didn't have a spring, but didn't are really have a preseason. Still going to compete for the national championship. Oh, yeah, that's a kind great of amazing. Point. Congratulations Gosh, to Tom Herman. He's done a hell of a I mean, coaching we were, job. We were talking this morning about how underrated OSU's defense is. Just naming names. I mean, uh, Colby Harville Peel. Uh, I I can't. I always can't say this name unless I Amen. say it first. Amen. Ogbong Bamiga. There, I did you it. Did it. That's pretty um, good. Ooh. And Trace Ford. I mean, um, who am I? Uh, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. I mean, they've got a really. They've got a. a those are four really big playmakers. Mike Gundy said as much too. I mean, he's been pretty complimentary of his defense going into the season. If they could borrow like two of OU's offensive linemen, oh yeah, that's their only problem. Very scary. Yeah, I mean, like don't get me wrong, they're very good anyway, but they are—they're a good offensive line away from being a legit national title contender, in my opinion. Uh, they're good, and they might have had that offensive line. Yeah, when camp started. Yep, that's a that's a that's a loss. Um, but yeah, like I said, I I just don't. We do this every year with Texas. And it doesn't even like, and I get some years I get it. Like, okay, if that came together and this comes together, okay, fine. I don't understand it. Like, what is the big change other than a massive change of your coaching staff and very little time to implement it? But it's, I mean, the thing that bothers me is that I don't want to call their fans stupid, but they're ignorant of their surroundings because we all know this. If Tylen Wallace is healthy, he's not just the best receiver in the conference, he's the best receiver in the country. I mean, I his speed and his one-on-one ability, like he goes and gets every ball. I I thought he was better at the time. He was when he was healthy. He was a bigger playmaker than Ceedee Lamb was by quite a bit. Whoa, whoa! Now, we now have, we're getting. Please send in all insurance receipts as you drove your car his, off the side of the his road. Sophomore year, Tylen Wallace was a bigger playmaker. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I could get I there with you. Yeah. No, no, he was okay, he got hurt last season. Yeah. I'm talking about two years ago, yeah. two seasons ago. I, I will say CD at his best. No, I no, think no. Is better. Okay, see, Thailand, this is but I, but I this got is you. one of those no, no, I, bullshit I you, things where I'm going to get attacked on the pod <laughs> because people misinterpret it. I was not saying that he was better than exactly CD Lamb last year. All right, I said two well, years ago when they were both two years ago. Tylen Wallace looked like the better player. Like if the NFL draft had, had taken both of them, I think Tylen Wallace would have went higher. Now, I'm not saying even though you know two two receivers did get taken over CeeDee Lamb this year. I mean, if he had stayed healthy and left, I don't know. I mean, he might have been the first receiver taken in the draft. Tylen Wallace. I don't know what's going on around Judy, but the Rugs Lamb comparison's not looking great for the Raiders right now. For the stuff you're hearing around both camps. It's because they took speed, which they always do. And it always yeah. burns them in the ass. I don't know. I I don't wanna I don't wanna make Bob angry, like Isaiah Thomas angry, but it just seems like the Bears and the Raiders are terrible oh, at offense no. lately. Oh, no. Yeah. I wanted Foles to win the job. I guess he didn't. Oh well. <laughs> That is just like, at some point, don't you just have to make an executive decision and be like, look, we got to stop being Texas about our quarterback thing and just name the guy that clearly, regardless of what our eyes tells us, is the better guy. 2018 for Tylen Wallace, uh, just under 1,500 yards, 1,491 on 86 receptions. CeeDee Lamb, uh, 65 receptions for uh, 
1,158. And what were their yards per catch averages? Uh, actually, very close. Yeah. CD was 17.8, and Tylen Wallace was 17.3. Yeah. yeah. Wallace had one more touchdown. Yep. Marquise Brown. Yeah, so, Marquise yeah. Brown. Sure. No, well, but you also have, you know, OU with the ground game they had that year and could keep people really honest. I mean, there was a lot. You could argue that either way. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, Tyler Wallace was a first-round wide receiver. There, there's no question. And then you've got the best back in the country. And, you know, they're uh, like I said, I, I think it's OU, slight step down, OSU, and then I, I think there's a gap there. You know, it's kind of crazy to even talk about it this way, but it's like if nobody takes advantage this year, and it's going to be weird, I don't know how you can not say it's not going to be, Oh, you could be setting up for a pretty long run here over the next few years, given that there's a lot of people that, you know, talk to Teddy Lehman or whoever. It's like 2021 is the year. I know, Bob, that you've kind of circled that as well as, mm-hmm. I mean, that team, if you don't play for a national title, I'm sorry, it's kind of a disappointment if everything continues in the trajectory that we think it will. Right. As long as Alex Grinch stays for a third sure. year, they don't have any crippling injuries among their star of the stars 2021 to me has always been the i'm circling that as the best lincoln riley team and if they don't win it then maybe he starts flirting with the nfl in years after if he still can't get it done with what he believes is his best group then maybe he looks for another challenge no i think you put him on the hot seat fire his ass (laughs) well that was another great thing that came out is Dan Wolken predicted that uh, wrote a column about uh, this will be the year that no coaches are on the hot seat, and then Southern Miss fires their coach after the first game. So weird! Like, why even <laughs> start the season if you're going to resign after the first game? Oh, maybe he'd had enough of this shit. I mean, we talked about this the other yeah. day. Like, Lincoln Riley has never looked happy when he's done any kind of press this year. I just feel like he's exhausted. He, he looks worn out. He looks exhausted, exasperated. There was something that he said on Tuesday that kind of stuck with me just as far as, like, he basically waits on a phone call or a text three times a week to tell him if he's going to have a football team. Like, how stressful would that be? And it was going so well in the beginning. And since that break, it's just been terrible. But it's been yeah. that way for everybody. And it's it, it's been that way for everybody. And TCU, I, Tulsa. You had to be completely just 100% naive to think that it wasn't going to. Like, as you welcome 30,000 students back, I mean, we've said it before, but what did you think was going to happen? Well, the NFL proves how much more di- in the NBA, college football college sports it's the most impossible situation the college kids they don't give a f- i mean nfl guys hang out and stuff on the weekends but just from people i've talked to I, I think you'd be surprised like it's your it's your work you don't really necessarily go out and hang out a whole bunch with each other and i'm not saying the players don't give a bleep i'm saying no, yeah just kids in general at that age it's sure. just spreading everywhere like almost don't want to go to the stadium on Saturday. Like, Texas, did you see what Texas is doing? Yeah. They're making their students take a rapid COVID test before they give them a ticket. Which I think is a little much, but it's a lot. Can't kill off your old donors. 
Actually, that might not be a bad idea because they have a lot of money laying around that they probably. Hey, Red, come on in this suite real quick. <laughs> they will. You, to say, Texas. you have that will filled out? Come on in here. Meet a couple of our new student council members. <laughs> Ignore Landon coughing over there in the corner. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. right? here's, here's some of our new. He's just a smoker. Don't worry about it. <laughs> some of our new sorority pledges right here. I want you to meet. They probably already do that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I just meant for the COVID. Either or. It it have you have you guys been surprised that only two players opted out for OU? If you would have asked me at the beginning of July, I probably if you would have said over under five, I might have gone under, but I would have thought it was going to be right pretty close. And for it to be Kennedy Brooks and Jalen Redmond, which you reported on Saturday, Carrie, it, it's just kind of weird how that whole thing went down. Brooks is surprising to me because he's running back. You, you you know you don't have a lot of tread on your tires. You got a really good offensive line. Maybe you only have to play five or six games. Like you could really position yourself to go about as high as you can go in the NFL draft. Uh, so I I it, I think it was like Daniel Jeremiah or somebody that said right after Kennedy Brooks opted out is like this makes a lot of sense. He's done everything that he needs to do on the college football field. Now it's about getting ready for the combine and proving that he's athletic enough. And testing well and doing things like that. And, I mean, that seems to not be the case if Kennedy Brooks is going to come back along with Jalen Redmond next year. Yeah, and the Jalen Redmond thing, I mean, let's face it, he's the first person we thought of sure. when opt-out became a it, possibility because of the blood clot issues. It made the most sense. Yeah, uh, but then he got COVID uh, and he was fine. Didn't affect him at all. It's just that he hadn't been practicing because he's got a bum shoulder and he's frustrated as hell. Isn't that a little worrisome? Yeah, I mean, like, like why? Is it worrisome they didn't get that surgery right after? Sure. The I yeah. Mean, isn't that the real point of concern? Like, why didn't he just get it done? I think if, you know, if everything had played out normal and he'd gone through some spring practices and it just kept bothering him, then he might have gotten it fixed. But, that, yeah. And then with, you know, no elective surgeries and all that stuff, I mean... I could see how it happens without, you know, just laying a lot of blame on him. But, I mean, obviously it wasn't an ideal offseason. And I think that's part of what's led to his frustrations. He just, he wants to finally get healthy. And I think he's really sick of being a guy that's on the sideline, always rehabbing, never practicing. And and how that makes you feel, you know, and how how it makes you feel, your teammates feel about you. It makes sense. I still think you would love to come off the edge, too. I, to put on that weight, I don't know how comfortable. I mean, he said it flat out last year. It took him almost half the season to finally start embracing that he wasn't going to be that edge rusher. And if anyone puts it into his head that, hey, you don't need to be 280 pounds and be doing this. You need to be flying off the edge like you did in high school. You start having people telling him things like that, it can spiral quick, very quickly. The people, and, I mean, closest, he's, a, he's a basketball player too. He's probably carrying as much weight as he ever has in his entire right. life. He's two seventy four, I think. The people closest to him were telling him one thing: like, look, if you think you're an NFL player, look at the guy next to you and talk about Ronnie Perkins. Like, that's what you need to look like, and you don't look like that right now. Like, you need to get your body right. You need to get in shape. You're capable of doing that. And then that's when you become an NFL player. So I think, you know, they, they 
he has the guidance, the people around him that are trying to get him right. It's just, you know, he's got to get healthy and he's got he's to do that. And I think well, being a little heavy has been a big part of not being healthy. He needs people around him to, like, it, I, I, I don't know what his thought is about next year, but, man, the, he's the, – if there's any talk of him just being like, okay, I'm going to go, that's crazy. There was, like, but I'm told not, there's not anymore. Okay, because that, that's just madness. Like, I mean, the, sure, he could probably – he's talented enough and athletic enough. He'd probably be a fifth or sixth round pick. If he'll come back, get in, you know, like do whatever he needs to do and kind of live up to his ability, he's a second or third rounder at worst. I mean, he's a really talented guy. Yeah, it makes sense for Red for uh, Redmond to come back. With Brooks, I, I don't I mean, All those running backs would be a year older if they add Kamar Wheaton, if he ends up signing as part of the 2021 class. I don't know where Brooks would fit in going forward do you feel like oh you'd be like best of luck i don't think they'd ever do that but i mean i there's no telling with demarco i mean he's got to run his own position group yeah well i mean okay fair enough do you think they would be working that hard to make sure he comes back (laughs) i think i think if they played their cards correctly they could say "Eh, maybe look maybe Maybe go to the transfer report. I mean, you don't you don't really have to like say anything. If you're Demarco Murray, you just have to like walk up next to him and go, "Man, you won't believe Kamar Wheaton when he gets here next year. <laughs> He's really good, man." Seth McGowan, you you never had that skills, man. Well, hey, let me tell you about the NFL, man. It's great. Everybody, there's money everywhere. Oh, it's incredible. It's a great time. You know, you reminded me of me. Exactly. People didn't think that I was a first-round guy when I first came out. And look, what, he's like I was an MVP. You have the same running style as I do. Or offensive player of the You're year. You're made I'm for the good. NFL. Yeah, just stuff like that, probably. Yeah. So there, Demarco, your job's done. You're welcome. <laughs> so outside of that, I mean, you know, I think we should take a moment to just talk about Spencer Rattler. I mean, we got a chance to talk to him this week. Confident, still not not as cocky. I think is maybe he once seemed to come off on QB one, and it was really weird because we were supposed to talk to him for fifteen, but Lincoln said it'll only be five. Yeah, we got six forty-five with him. But I mean, I, they could have let him go for fifteen. I mean, I don't know how much more there would have been to ask him, to be honest with you. Um, but I mean, I thought he handled himself well. Handled himself well. I think he's in a position that. You know, expectations are high for a reason. Expectations are even more high on Spencer Rattler for multiple reasons. Just being that the guys that he follows, being a five-star quarterback, being he's going to be looked at, you know, if if you want to go down this road, he's going to be looked at as a guy that I more or less people will look at Spencer Rattler and say, this is a Lincoln Riley product. Don't we, and if don't that's right or wrong, that, it's debatable. Don't we all feel like this is a return to the Baker Mayfield mold of an offense? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But again, I think that they're going to... Like, I don't know if you'll be able to just sit there and say, this looks completely different than it did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like I, I think that it's he, gonna be, they're going to throw the ball more. It's going sure. to be they're definitely going to throw the ball more. I think you're going to see him do a lot of um, different throws from different arm angles and things like that. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to make a, like a Pat Mahomes type comparison, but we've seen those videos. He likes screwing around and throwing the football weird ways. He does and that? Stuff. I mean, he he changes his arm angle. Yeah. That's I, that's just kind of his style. And every time a player was asked, well, what can you tell us about Spencer Rattler? Every, almost to a man, everybody's like, got a really good arm. Like, yeah. it's very impressive. Like, he is... I'm I'm ready to see it. I, I don't think that there's much you can say about it. other than, And believe me, we're not going to get any much out of it on Saturday, but we're actually going to be able to see him operate an offense, don't you think? Yeah, it's going to basically be a scrimmage and they keep score on Saturday. But I think at the same time, you're going to be able to say, yeah, this guy looks good. Yeah, we talked to you, you know, earlier this week. How He's got to go at least, we think, three quarters just because he's got no other reps to sure. really go to yeah. fall back on. And Kansas State is your next game. Is, is, even if the score looks really, really bad. Sure. It, you got to keep those top twenty-two in as long as you can because they they got to get got to get that time in. Trust you know, me, Bobby Petrino and Missouri State know they're potentially coming in there to just get their. That's why they should give them a big ass check at halftime. Take it out there yeah. on a motorcycle, uh, crash we, it on we, the way. That'd be awesome. Let's take this moment and let it be a a note to all the Mike Lupicas out there. There are going to be some moments this year that are going to be. F- ugly because teams need all the reps they can get for these guys and they're going to take every opportunity to it's not about running up the score it's trying to get guys some experience that a lot in a lot of cases don't have it and this is a perfect scenario where this may get really ugly and under a normal microscope it's going to look bad if Spencer Rattler's still in the game but you have to understand some nuance here and I, you know there's going to be that asshole that won't but at the same time like just go into it knowing that, and maybe you'll be more prepared and a little less, you know, pissed off about something meaningless. That'd be awesome if Dan Wilkin went from COVID bro to protector of the game bro. <laughs> like, they scored 60 unanswered. What are we teaching our kids? I mean, the, the truth of the matter is Lincoln Riley probably does not want Alex Grinch getting, like, three pick sixes in the first half. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he took the 40 and a half. Buki, take the knee. Don't you think it, it will be interesting just as far as Spencer Rattler goes that, like, he hasn't played in so long. I wonder if he will be a little bit over-amped in the first quarter. Even, I heard Toby Rowland bring this up on the uh, coaches show on, I think, on Thursday. Like, I, I, it would be, or I guess it was Wednesday because today is Thursday. But regardless, like, I'm kind of interested to see how he settles in. You know what? If he, do, if he is too over-amped. And this is not a shot at band, because it's only the only thing that I remember oh. stand wise from that uh, Texas State SMU game is all he needs to do is look over at the band all spread out because it's like the saddest looking scene. It just looks so sad. Like they shouldn't allow that to happen. Hopefully, Kersey will do a full report on <laughs> uh, the band halftime performance that will be pre-recorded. Maybe they gave Barry Trammell a ticket to the game. And he can sit there amongst them with That'd a tuba. Be awesome! That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, the, it's if, caused, he's, uh, if he's overtype, just have somebody bring out a joint. That'd be a that'd be a stand at the archaic rule. 
I guess we should send our thanks out to OU because uh, all of us are going to be able to be at the game, the entire Scoop staff. And they have, what, like 30 seats or something like that? I just don't really know what to expect. I really don't. With the fans and the atmosphere and weird press box and everybody in a mask. And then not leaving the press box the entire time. Can't do, go yeah, anywhere. we'll do Zoom calls after the game. I, I'm i going to go. But I, I might just say, you know what? I don't need to go the rest of the way. Like, oh, cause a scene, yeah. No, no, no. I'm like, just saying, like, I think I might be better. I might serve our subscribers better by just being here. It's just going to be weird. I really don't know what to expect. Eddie's going to be shooting from like up above. He's not going to be on the field. So it's like we'll have coaches' cameras. I mean, coaches' vantage point. Yeah. Which will be interesting. Just send all of it to me. Although, I'm just watch it. And although I could see us putting that up and then like Lincoln calling someone and saying they need to take that down. That shows the formation too, too revealing. Forward that phone call to me, please. <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, no. It's it's going to be interesting. It's it's it will be historic. I mean. Like, we've never seen anything like this before. We'll probably never see anything again in our lifetimes once this stuff is gone. Does the uh, sellout streak end? I have think they said, everybody's have they said kind of said, like... We're going to overlook that? Yeah. I know that's like, important to a lot of people. I mean, like, OSU is still trying to sell tickets. Yeah. But you have to buy a season ticket to get in. But, like, OU, they couldn't even get to all the people that wanted to keep their season tickets. That was a depressing board thread over the weekend all all our subscribers saying they got the dear the the dear john call <laughs> yeah that's rough sorry guys i mean it just comes yeah, down to more like i don't I haven't missed a home game in 40 years yeah i just don't think that there's any really good way to go about it i know that they tried their best you have, yeah, to, go, there's you have to go you off some kind of rule. Yeah. And if you spend a lot of money on OU Athletics, you probably have a better chance of getting in. It's just, I will say this, it's kind of, the thing that depresses me is when you watch ESPN and college football commercials come on and it's like old times and like they're showing, you know, crowds and yeah. people outside the stadium together and smiling and cheering and you're just like, we're never going to go back there again, are we? Like, it's just depressing. Well, we will after November fourth, but <laughs> when it's gone, when it disappears after the election, uh, yeah, somewhat. And by the way, can I uh, my my weekly rant? Look, I I'm with I'm more with you guys than I've ever been. That are like, you know, this is this is they're making a bigger deal out of this than it really is. It's not that bad. I I. I kind of agree with you, but the rules aren't going to change. If you get COVID, you can't play. And if you are around someone who tested positive for COVID, you go into contact tracing. It's just the way that it is. You're well, not going to change it by arguing COVID facts. Let me ask you then and open the floor. I think everybody knows how I feel on the subject, but like the Lincoln Riley stuff at the beginning of the week. Not disclosing the COVID information now? Does that bother anybody? Is it like I know that 
the national folks jumped on I got on a big it. fight on the radio about it, but I really don't care. I think at the end of the day, as long as they're reporting it to the county, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Now, the idea that releasing a certain number is some type of competitive disadvantage, that's bullshit. Like, that, yeah. that's will, actually laugh out loud I will funny. say this, like... You know, like when it happened first, the first real outbreak was the Marlins in professional sports. Yes. I think when when you name the release, other son of a bitch organization. Name it. It's the it's the Cardinals. Because they went to a casino. Right. The Cardinals also had it widespread. But what it does, it does two things. It alerts every other football team in the country, like, oh my God, this could happen to us. Mm-hmm. So we need to get our shit together. And two, it will shame you if you have an outbreak on your team to the point like you don't want that public scorn. So let's get our shit together and not have a huge outbreak. Let's not all be at house parties after the game on Saturday nights. I think it's a, a self-deterrent and it's a, a, a way to police yourselves. I think there's more good... And it's not about protecting Lincoln or criticizing Lincoln or I just think that there's more good that can come from everyone releasing those numbers, not to mention the possibility that people try and sneak people onto the field because nobody knows if they've had a really big outbreak or not. Like, I just don't think that that would happen. Maybe it would happen at other schools and maybe I'm just being completely home or biased, but like oh, Tom Herman would do it. We're talking about a school that literally wouldn't give guys their helmet last season because they because of concussion issues i don't think that they're all of a sudden going to just stop taking the coronavirus seriously yeah you're probably right because well, that and would there's shut nothing down about the his behavior and maybe i'm too too naive i mean he, i would say he's been as serious and sincere about tackling this issue as any coach in college football which I mean, is why it's so surprising now platform yeah no no it, it was a surprising turn and i can't believe you, I, I agree completely with you, Kerry, on the it, the uh, competitive disadvantage. That's such horse. Like that. That's just It's an easy scapegoat to explain away why we don't want to talk about this. Like, and that's fine. He, but he I'm with Eddie. Just, he should have just done us the courtesy of lying like he always does and, and blamed HIPAA. Yeah, just just say we're not gonna. Just be honest about it. We're just not gonna do this, and that's fine. That, that, that's life. At least you're being real about it. The um, the other side, I the. Uh, it's not like every business or group in the country is announcing their COVID numbers from their testing. Like th- that's not happening. Like as long oh, as they're awesome. doing the responsible part, they're relaying it to the, the state government, the state officials that need it. I don't know what the big deal is. And I mean, uh, Stuart Mandel and his never ending war is just amazing, but it's, it's just ridiculous. It, it's something it's people trying to find something to be irate about. I just now it's gonna I, give us a lot to do Saturday at around four four thirty. Oh yeah, to see who is not suited up and tried to do from an injury or is it COVID? And that, well, if that's it's COVID, they're not gonna be helped. there. It's not gonna be like oh he's in quarantine, but he's hanging around the team. <laughs> like they're just not going to be there. <laughs> Some people just tell you to wear a mask. Well, everybody. Would that's what Eddie did for two weeks. He just you know he went everywhere he wanted to go. Just you know said he put a mask on. Well, just just pull it down under his yeah, nose like, sometimes. Like eight days, that's what I know. <laughs> I, I sort of liked it because I it could help me realize 
how far along they are to herd immunity. If like, okay, if you already had 30 to 40 guys have it in the summer, then those guys are going to be fine heading into the fall. So you're almost at a point where you should realistically maybe never reach that 53, that magic number in terms of it's got to be postponed if you've already had so many other guys have it before the season even starts. I'm concerned Eddie has it again already and that I'm going to get it. Might. I mean, we don't know how long the immunity lasts. We'd be okay. Three months, four months, we'd, six we'd, months. We'd both be okay. I know. But we couldn't go to the game Saturday. I want you to stand it back and forth to each other. <laughs> okay, you have to stop now. I mean, there will be this people This is in not that, funny now. There will be alumni in that stadium that probably have it. I agree. There's no way to know. I mean, there will be someone in that stadium with it, yeah. Thank God you're on the photo deck. Nowhere near me. I can say this is this is as po- COVID positive. I mean, or yeah, COVID positive is I've heard Carrie on the podcast. Like he's he's walking into this with less fear than we're I've heard. In, it. I mean, we're, I've, we're in football. I've really, we're in football mode. We got a game in no, forty eight I mean, hours. I really have kind of loosened up on it. Like my dad is back driving his school bus. They wouldn't let my mom back because she's too old. So, um, at the, the after school thing, but it's like I just, I don't, I really believe that you have to have some pretty strong pre-existing conditions in order for this to kill you. Agree. But I, I also know that it is ridiculously contagious, and if you get it. You're quarantined. You can't play, regardless of what it's going to do to you. I think that's fair. So, I mean, it's not worth arguing over anymore, people. I've been, I have been a little surprised, though, that the uh, NFL has been so good. Like, Yeah. And, the, I mean, these are people that Those are... Those dudes want their money. Sure. Which does not explain their union whatsoever. Well, I, I don't think they even know what's going on there. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's, it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, they're doing a really good job. And it's, it's like I said before, the one thing that we've all learned is that college athletes are screwed more than everyone because they're literally surrounded by the group that is, this is spreading between the fast. I could literally care less. Yeah. Let's be honest. Could literally care less, or could not care less. So I mean, it's 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 going to be difficult. I don't know if we'll make it all the way through. I don't know if we're going to make it Saturday. I mean, I really don't. It's scary. We kind of we we twelve twenty on us on a Thursday. We put the pod on a Thursday just in case something happened this week, and we are going back to Wednesday because we understand. Waiting till Thursday to do a pod during game weeks when you're coming off of a game is kind of dumb. Sure. Because it's hard to go back. Wednesday's a good... You can recap and then move forward. So, yeah, our pod will be on Wednesdays for the most part. It's just going to kind of be weird, too, that OU plays this weekend and then you go back into bye week mode next week before the start of conference play. Or this game gets postponed until next week. Yeah. And then they try again. I mean, that... Because that happened to OSU in Tulsa. Just from 
everything that it sounds like, like Missouri State's ready to roll. It sounds that way. I mean, we we had the Wyatt Wheeler guy on this morning. It's like, yeah, they're coming Friday. <laughs> Get ready or, or we not. We were wondering, like, if they go to, like, just take their buses and sit at the, the McDonald's in Vanita and just wait until they hear word that... The way that he, it's all clear. The way that he described it, and it's kind of interesting, and I could be completely wrong about this in the way that I'm interpreting what he said, but it almost sounds like Missouri State will test in Norman on Friday. I think that's right. I do think when they get here. When they get here. The so they won't. So, like, everybody that is on the bus, I, w- I would just, I don't know. I would think I mean, it's the other way around. Their second test. But their third test the will be in Norman. Right. Kind of weird. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I haven't heard anything that says this game is in dire trouble or anything like that. I've just heard. I will say. That OU's had a lot of people quarantined. My thoughts on Tuesday have changed into today on Thursday as far as like, on Tuesday, if you would have asked me, I would have said legitimately 50-50 chance they play. Mm-hmm. Today, I feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. And I guess that's. Nothing, I don't, that's nothing necessarily that I have concrete to go off of, but if we got to this point, I feel like it's progressing in the right direction. All right. Um, I know it's all football, and that's great. We're ready for a game. Uh, it's going to be weird without any kind of official visits coming in or unofficial visits. Uh, but I know you guys have been out and about, and Josh, I know... There's some really big news in state about one of the best players in the state at any any uh, grade that's not good news. Yeah, and I'd kind of been waiting for him to put it out, but, I mean, it's at some point it's just going to become more and more known, I guess. Um, Gentry Williams, the uh, you know potential five-star athlete from Booker T, big-time Oklahoma corner offer, um, has torn his ACL and will be out obviously for the rest of the year. Uh, huge loss for the Hornets. You know they were they're a legitimate you know state title contender, uh, and really just a bad deal for us because we were going to see him in about two weeks, and that's just obviously not going to happen now. So it, it's a tough deal. Um, you know he I've already spoken to him and he had just gotten the news on Tuesday and was already really upbeat. You know thinking about what he needed to do to you know recover, starting to you know go through the surgery all that kind of different stuff so he's um you know it seems like he's doing pretty well but it's just a tough break for a kid that really this was it felt like this was going to be his year to kind of start to grow into the player that we all expected him to be and obviously that's not going to happen now so um you know like i said a tough deal but um a uh he's a guy that's athletic enough and has the kind of mindset i think he'll be okay and he'll bounce back uh, Bob, feel free to uh, throw out anything that you would want to and just take over the podcast here. All right. Uh, last week wasn't a great trip for me in terms of seeing kids. Did check out Mill, uh, 2023 Millwood athlete Ricky Hunt Jr., but I think the Falcons are still trying to get a feel of exactly how they're going to use him. So I'll, I'll throw it to Josh as we recap last week. Your two-day trip, it seemed like it was well worth it for you with a couple of 2022 in-state stars. Yeah, you know, the first week was, I think we were in opposite roles. Now, the interesting part about that is 
the first week you saw Jacob Sexton and I did not, and the second week I did. So maybe it's just Jacob Sexton is just good viewing at this point in time. But uh, the big offensive lineman from Edmund Deer Creek, uh, Eddie and I had a chance to see him on Thursday night against Southmore. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. He he is as advertised. Yeah, just just playing like a different guy. I mean, really, you knew he was a good athlete. You knew he was a, you know a major D one prospect. But watching him finish the way he's doing right now and just being as dominant as a guy like him should be against the competition he's playing. I mean, you know, you can knock him, all oh, these kids are 210 or whatever, and that doesn't that means that's not as good. No, most guys his size are not facing players of their own caliber. That just doesn't happen. So he is dominating like he needs to, and I thought he was outstanding against Southmore, showed a lot in pass protection, showed a lot in the run game. Um you know, I, I think is a guy that I had kind of thought was maybe destined to be a guard, but I think he could play in that right tackle role. Kind of the you know, it's it's becoming more um, it's it's becoming less important to differentiate the left and the right, but just kind of in that old uh, way of looking at it, I think he's more of a right tackle, kind of a lead blocking type of guy. But uh, I think he's outstanding. And then the next night again saw another Edmund area star. Uh, Talon Shetron, Eddie and I were up in Stillwater to watch him take on uh, the Pioneers, and he was, uh, you know, really, really good. He didn't get a lot of looks, but I thought when he got chances, he really maximized. Had a 55-yard touchdown that we got. Uh, Eddie got a great shot of. And really, you know, just continues to be the guy that we expect him to be. Great hands, good athlete. I thought – Early in the game, I was really concerned because I saw some things that looked like a guy that not just wasn't yet a good blocker, just didn't look very engaged in it. But in, as the game wore on, I think he started to pick up that they needed him to to pick up some um, some blocks on the edge, and he actually helped spring a big touchdown run for Edmund Santa Fe late in the third quarter that kind of got them back in that game. But you know they came up a little short on the night, but. I, I I liked what I saw out of both those th- both of those teams. I thought Stillwater's Tevin Williams, the Baylor commitment. He's a big, good-looking kid, real physical. Uh, they have some young players that I liked. It, it was it was one of the better talent matchups I've seen so far. Kind of up there with that Dell City Mustang game I saw a few weeks ago. Between six A two and the top teams in six A one, Owasso and Broken Arrow, uh, there's some pretty damn good football being played in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, you can throw Stillwater in there. Uh, I know that I'll be excited when we get a chance to see Bixby at some point this season. I uh, hope we get to see Bixby. I don't know why we right now we don't have a reason, unfortunately. Because they're one of the, I think they're the best team in the state. I'll drive to Tulsa and go see them. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I think at some point it's going to haunt OU that they never got involved with the Presley, Presley family. But uh, I, I mean, there's some really damn good football being played outside of, uh, you know, or inside of the top teams in each respective bigger class in the state of Oklahoma and even in 5A. They'll say oh, yeah. damn good too. At 5A and 6A too, if you know, assuming we all get to watch playoffs and have a normal season, that's going to be a ton of fun to watch cuz there are a lot of really good teams. Now in both cases, I mean everybody in 5A is chasing Carl Albert, everybody in 6A too is chasing uh Bixby, but there is a lot there that you know, Stillwater, like I said, I mean they're breaking in a new quarterback. They went and beat one of the better teams in 6A1, you know, the other day. I know Santa Fe kind of got routed by Owasso. I think Santa Fe's got to stop. they got to find a way to take better care of the ball, kind of get started earlier. But once that game, you know, and Eddie can attest, once they kind of 
just started playing football and got out of their own way and started digging out of the hole they'd made for themselves, they played Stillwater to a stalemate. I mean, they, they played a good game. They had just gotten far too, way too far behind to make up that ground. And Josh, are you going anywhere tonight, or is it a, another uh, OK preps only trip Friday? Yeah, this this is my this is the first Thursday I won't be out. I just couldn't find anything. Um, there's nothing in the state. Guaranteed. Yeah, and then you know with Texas, really, there's very limited schedules, and really the only guy, <coughs> excuse me, that is playing is um, Reuben Owens. But they play tomorrow night, so I just won't have a chance to see him this week. But uh, going to go up and finally get to see Ethan Downs. Going to watch them take on El Reno. Uh, anxious to do that. I mean, he's a guy that I've seen in camps. I've seen in just about everything but a game setting. So I kind of want to get a chance to finally watch him and get a feel. I mean, I, I feel like I know where I have him. But I, I, I'm i open for him to change my mind a little bit. And maybe he starts making that move into four stars for rivals. That was a nice yeah, start. for doing the one twenty twenty one in-state commit i'll be seeing the other going to choctaw they had a rough rough way to start the season for the yellow jackets saw their home opener so i could see jordan mukes see Cade mcconnell for 2022 and then 2023 with rj jackson steel wassell a lot of talent but this could be another tough game for them as well welcoming van buren arkansas a team that just beat the team that they lost to pretty good to start start the year but We'll see if coming back home leads to better results for Yellow Jackets. This is a nice start to the season for both Ethan Downs and uh, Danny Stutzman last week, if you checked out the uh, big board or the recap of all the OU commits. Nice nice step in the right direction for the Speed D. Yeah, uh, Stutzman had a massive, massive week. What is it? A ninety-eight yard? Was it interception or fumble return? I can't remember. It was interception return for a touchdown. Yeah. It, Ethan yeah. Downs had the uh, fumble, forced fumble. That's what it was. And he ran it back. Yep. And then I think Stutzman had two more rushing touchdowns. Had like seventy yards receiving, and then I think like fourteen tackles on defense. Now, again, kind of like what I was talking about earlier with Jacob Sexton, he's not playing elite competition. Usually, you know, you talk about a guy in Florida, you just assume he's playing great players. He's playing some private school ball, and so there's not many guys like him out there. But like I always talk about, he's dominating as he should, and so that that's you can make up some of that ground. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's not a story that he had 14 tackles and three touchdowns and an interception. It's it would be a story though if he had two tackles, one touchdown. You know what I mean? Like if Absolutely. if it goes the other way, that's when it becomes a story and becomes problematic. Yep. Yep. Well, Josh, I hate to end on a down note, but is it almost time to close the book on Tristan Lee becoming a Sooner? You know, it it feels like that's trending in the really wrong direction. I know we talked last week about Lee going to Baton Rouge last weekend. Well, I am told he is returning again this weekend. So it almost feels like, is he going to pull the trigger this weekend? Like maybe that happens. Um, it just... You know, and it's just so strange that it, it happened like this because coming out of, you know, the Sooner Summit, you felt so positive about Oklahoma and Tristan Lee. Everything you were hearing was Oklahoma had gotten right there in the thick of the race and were, you know, neck and neck with LSU. But now it just it doesn't feel that way. I mean, it just feels like 
we're all kind of now just waiting for the inevitable of him to pick LSU. Now, if you'll get out of this and you get a few weeks away and maybe things start to calm down a little bit, but right now there's there's not a lot of cause for hope for Oklahoma fans. Can I ask a question just out loud right now, just as far as like, how are these kids like just traveling all over the country right now? And I'm not saying that it's bad for anybody. I guess their parents are paying for it. It just they get in cars and seems drive. crazy. That's true. I'd fly, but neither here nor there. I mean, they're from Virginia. They're, I don't know if you want to keep making that drive. I it's quite a trip. Back-to-back weekends? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of driving to Louisiana. It sucks. It's, it's, it's depressing. a nice trip. It's, there's a lot of depressing places to drive through. Yeah, I feel like people have this image of New Orleans in their head, and they forget, like, there's stuff outside of the French Quarter that N- n- you don't want to be there. Alabama's not great to drive through. Mississippi's kind of nice, actually. It's okay, yeah. Well, a lot you just of trees, feel at home. Real... It's all your yeah. southern brothers. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Damn it. It's the motherland. As soon as you hit the uh, Mississippi state border, you're like, all right, I guess I'll... Tiff, we got to put the flag up. You go <laughs> oh. into the back, and you put the stars and bars up. And... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Josh puts on his uniform. I'm not going to say anything about it, about the state of Louisiana. I don't want Cody Ford coming after me. Shreveport's pretty depressing to drive through. Yeah. It looks, you know, I, I it looks like Biff's world. I didn't even realize from it. Back but, to the future. Oh, you'll be headed down to New Orleans next year for a non-conference game. Tulane. Yeah, that's right. Maybe. Uh-huh. What do you mean, maybe? <laughs> they going to cancel the season? <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying, I don't know. I said it wasn't oh, we're be at the point. We're at the point now where it's like you don't want to get too positive because then it'll just be so mentally draining and detrimental. I don't know if, if I they, can handle it. If they I go don't back, know if I can yeah. handle it. I don't know what I would do. I've worked so say. hard emotionally just to get to this point. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can tell you one place in Louisiana outside of the French Quarter that is actually nice, and it involves Cody Ford. I went and saw him play at Northwestern State University in Natchitoches, Louisiana, and it's right next to this little lake. Like The, the state highway runs right next to it. It's called Sibley Lake. That's a really pretty area. That That's <laughs> really nice. That's okay. I just didn't want everybody in Louisiana to feel like we're just shitting on them. There's actually nice places. There's just not as many of them. Yeah, I, 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 I'll tell you who I feel like. I feel like Kelly Preston, rest in peace, uh, at the end of uh, For Love of the Game, when uh, Billy Chapel comes to the airport and uh, they finally get back together and she says to him, I'll just say, I never believed or I always believed, or something like that. I'm just so vulnerable. (laughs) And I I know exactly how her character felt in that movie now, at this moment. That's, God, Carrie, that's that's so open. And I might literally just start crying in the press box as soon as that ball gets kicked off Saturday. When you know it's real. I'm taking sunglasses, just in case. 
look over. Bob, and... I want you to have screw the game. I might, Bob. I might I try and come to the press box for that. <laughs> look over and you're crying, and Hale hands you a, a, a napkin or like a his OU handkerchief. It's so beautiful, man. So beautiful. Come on, my Patreon afterwards. We can uh, that'll, we that'll... can pronounce Obi Obiallo. <laughs> <laughs> my God! Just openly taking shots at people. Oh, it's all right. Act like you got a fork behind you or something. All right. Um, any other thoughts on uh, the opener? I mean, I mean, do we really need to make a prediction? No. OU by a lot. I guess you could I'm say a, I'm. I'm a little surprised many, that OU's only favored by forty and a half. How many touchdowns for for Spencer Rattler? Through the air. Mm. Five. I'm I mean, go four. Lincoln brought this up the other day. Like, boy, that, that Akron game was no no beauty. Baker's oh, first game. Terrible. Akron would beat this team by 70. I know, but that, I'm, I legitimately think this will be a scrimmage. The, the one I think is interesting, who leads OU in rushing yards? It's a good question. It could be the guy that gets the ball the most in the fourth quarter. I mean, honestly, yep. no. Which I, what would lean Marcus Major? Is McGowan. That, who? Seth McGowan. You're saying? Oh, McGowan. I mean, he could. I, I mean, I I gotta think. If we, anybody's breaking a big one, it's Seth McGowan, right? Do you take mm. anything out of how they rotate guys on Saturday, like the running back position, for instance? TJ Pledger's listed could. as the starter. Would you? Do you take anything out of how who's the second guy to touch the ball? Well, you do unless they get up big and it's clear they're just trying to not play their starters to get them banged up. Sure. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I th- the, the offense, like Tyrese Robinson, is he going to play any right tackle if Adrian Ely's at left tackle? Yeah. Like, those are oh. the kind of things. Like, you know, Aguebu, what's he look like as a middle linebacker? Hey, in the world of what a difference a year makes, don't sleep on my guy Eric Swenson, okay? For what? For left tackle, <laughs> I'm telling you. I There is a lot there that doesn't add up to me at left tackle. Yeah, I mean, that could be just trying to... I mean, are they really trying to hide something from Missouri State, though? Yeah. Are you saying Anton Harrison this program, is I don't a know. beard? I honestly don't know with this No, program. no. Anton Harrison absolutely, I think... They would like him to be the starter, but I, I, you know, there's, we've we've talked about this, and I don't think Lincoln is nearly um, uses this tool nearly so much as Bob Stoops always did. But the depth chart was always such a tool for Bob to motivate or to let people know where they stood. And I don't feel like he does it. I feel like there's a lot more gamesmanship from Lincoln, um, not so much as a message to the players, just trying to confuse the next opponent. And I, like I said, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't know. There, there. I think Harrison should probably be the starter, but I'm interested to see if that's how it actually happens. Here's a question. I've been real big on the over-unders today. Over-under oh. three turnovers forced. Oh. Because I think Alex Grinch might try and kill a walk-on if they don't force at least three turnovers on Saturday. <laughs> Sacrifice him. I mean, he is legitimately... I if still. Have, I think he is legitimately still losing sleep over last year. Yeah, I, I think if they don't have four turnovers, he will be pissed yeah i don't doubt it like maybe even distraught in the post game i mean the way that some people are talking about 
OU defensively. I'm not saying they're going to be a top 15 defense. They have have a lot of question marks, but I think I think that they have some better pieces in place than they've had in recent years. You went you go into they took a step last year. What's this? What's the second year step going to be? Can you get into a legitimate, you know, where you're not a laughing stock anymore? Also, don't you think that Charleston Rambo has to clearly lead all receivers in yards? I think it would be a step in the right direction if he was. And if he doesn't, it might signal something I dire. Th- I mean, I don't think he will. Yep, I, I'm with Bob. I don't think he will. I you think like Braden Willis or Stogner. Oh, Who's I think it's Theo. 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 Theo Weiss? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I keep forgetting there's two Theos now, but yeah. I, I guess in a way, I'm kind of interested to see what Theo Howard and Obi Obiallo can do. Yeah, it could be Obi Obiallo that leads him in. There's a lot of people receiving. that, I mean, seems like everybody loves the guy. Did My question is, the- is why he would end up at, Marsh, at OU if he was, I don't know, is it kind of just, I guess... This is a backhanded comment in a way, but it's like if he was so good, why would he transfer to OU? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, I would I would say that like why did he I don't know if if he was, he was so hurt, good so he didn't get to do much last like last he transferred season. to OU because he thinks he's good. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure I follow you on that one. Wouldn't he go to the NFL? Oh, I get it. Oh, but, okay, that's wh- all right. But we probably didn't, didn't have the tape. Yeah, sure. I think so. Right. What was the That's deal? fair. Yeah, he didn't play much. That's fair. And he knows if he comes to OU, he'll get the tape. He will have That's the tape. answer I was looking for. Well, according to the board, um, there is a belief that he might have been protecting the Bifrost for the last few years. So, uh, Does he look like he Idris a- Elba? <laughs> yeah, God, he, <laughs> he looks does. really old. I didn't that, notice. That I didn't Elba, notice yeah. that. There is... <laughs> Like I don't think all black Marshall people look pictures, the same, so I guess I I didn't see that. He's gone from his Actor. junior year at Marshall to looking like a you know like a mid thirties man to like a dude in his early fifties in his OU picture that's seen some shit. Have you really not seen a single movie with Idris Elba in it, Eddie? I have no idea who that is. You, like, so you saw him, you'd be like, oh yeah, that dude. You, I mean, you know him. You Look at I D R I S E L B A. Oh yeah, I know who that is. Okay. I don't know if there I've ever go. seen his work though. Oh, I saw The and, Wire. Okay. Right, yeah. yeah. That's where he he was Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. No, he was for sure. That's uh, where he became famous. And he would be a badass Bond for the record. I, I agree. Want yes. I wanted to see that. Yep. Although I'm a big fan of Daniel Craig as Bond. I am too. All no, his no, Bonds have been really, really good. good, and this yep. next one looks awesome. The well, the I want that watch, but it cost ninety two hundred dollars. Jesus Christ! What was the one? Uh, the the spec Spectre sucked. Spectre was confusing and it didn't make any sense. It was all over the place. Was that um, when he got shot in the elbow? Is that? Or right? no, that was Skyfall. Oh, I literally only Sky- saw it once. Skyfall yeah. was the one where he got where they brought in the hot black penny. What is it? Yes, I I think Skyfall might be my favorite Bond movie ever. I Skyfall thought Skyfall was awesome. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got what's his name, crazy guy, from uh, oh no old old no country Javier for Bard- Javier Bardem. Bardem. Yeah. Yeah, he plays a great yes. psycho. He plays like a. You can't tell if he's like like no no like is he. A crazy serial killer homosexual? Like, he gives off that vibe. 
It's the weirdest vibe you can possibly give off. Uh, handsome Spanish. I think they man. call that a Lindsey Graham vibe, Gary. <laughs> um, man, that's a week. Any uh, any comments on Liberty before we get out of here, Eddie? Liberty University or Liberty that I don't have to wear a mask? Liberty University. I think the Followell family is just terrible people. I would think that you'd want to party with them. Doesn't the wife give off some of those uh, vibes from the uh, the Molly Shannon character from uh, Talladega Nights? Yeah, superstar. Yes. She's always drunk, always hitting on people, <laughs> kissing on priests. Oh, yeah, that's that's crazy. There's a lot of craziness going on right now. I, I mean, I feel like that's normal <laughs> compared to all the shit that's going on. All right. All right. Well, uh, it's here. Finally, you'll see me sobbing in the press box on Saturday, probably. I'm honestly surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm, I guess I'm excited in a way. It's just like, remember when we were talking about, like, I mean, ESPN was televising f***ing Peloton rides. And yeah. now you look at the uh, sports landscape and it's like, the bubble's been awesome. PGA Tour golf was a success. Cubs are in first place. Like, everything's going well right now. And now I'm just worried that something else is going to happen. It's just that it's the damn COVID numbers in college. But, I mean, tomorrow. You say, you say that, but by the by the end of the month, I mean, shit, how many other people can get it? I feel like everybody's gotten it. <laughs> tomorrow is 9-11, a very sacred day in America. Which is just insane. We were talking about this this morning. It's like 19 years. I was a freshman in high school. But March 11th was the Rudy Gobert Oklahoma City Thunder. So it's yeah. been exactly six months. That is so crazy. That's wild. Six months of this shit. Doesn't feel like it. I mean, it feels like it, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it feels like March 11th it feels was few, like a few months. March 11th, 2005. Oh, you said it feels a lot I longer. I feel like it's been. Yes. Yeah. To me, it feels like it's been like four months, not six months. Definitely not six months. It's crazy. Thank God we finally... It's not normal, but it's getting closer. We're looking forward to uh, covering a football season. I say that with a lot of conviction because I believe it's going to happen. Try not to be dickheads. Try not to be... I'm talking about us. Try not to be too negative. Unless they cancel this motherfucker, and then it's... All bets are off. And if that's the case, we'll just go back to... Did Bush do it? We'll, we'll do that next week. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for the entire crew for joining us. Uh, and it's been another fantastic edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com. We'll see you guys back here again next week.